What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Mets Legends cast. I am joined always by my buddy, Michael Jennings. Mike, how's it going, man? How's your week going? What's new? You know, can't complain. Um, it's been it's been a fun week of Mets baseball, despite um, all of the, the terrible things happening to their players. But, uh, <laughs> but, but we'll get into that for sure. But uh, but other than that, I mean, you know, can't complain. It's beautiful weather out here in Denver. Uh, the quite the opposite here in New York. We got uh, gray skies, lots of rain in the forecast for the weekend. As we're talking, the Mets uh, would be playing normally in about an hour, but they've been postponed uh, on this Friday against the Atlanta Braves. Um, but you know, where the Mets legends cast doesn't matter what's happening right now in Mets land. Matters more about the illustrious history of our team, guys that we'll be talking about in this episode that you're going to want to hear about. But the Mets are in first place right now, they 24 sure and 20, uh, two and a half games up um, in kind of an NL East that's just dragging his feet right now. A lot of other teams being plagued by the injury bug as well. But the Mets are hanging tough. Uh, who knows how long they'll be able to keep it up, but they did sweep the doubleheader from the Colorado Rockies yesterday, uh, which would have been Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's always good, no matter what the team's looking like, and especially now that it's technically an off day because they're drained out, to come off those wins. It just feels a little bit better, you know? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I feel like at the beginning of the week, you know, it was just injury after injury after injury, and that. You, you as a fan you kind of get feel this numbness to it where you're just like oh, who's next and mm. you know dom smith slides into home plate and you're like oh god he's done too yeah. and uh but you know despite all of that and you know marcus stroman mentioned this in his press conference as well it's like we're just getting the job done with the people that we have uh the next man up mentality is in full full force um, as we've seen it before with the Mets, I mean, even in our last episode, we kind of touched on the 2019 Mets, um, who at this time in 2019 were, were pretty short uh, a lot of their main pieces because of injury. And, um, you know, we sort of highlighted that on the Twitter account as well. Uh, shout out <laughs> to us. <laughs> shout out to Mets Legends at Twitter.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh those guys rule Um, yeah they're really cool (laughs) but yeah i mean you know who we don't know being from the outside what it's like in that clubhouse i mean unless you're in that clubhouse you don't quite know you know what the conversations are like on a daily basis what the vibe is like doesn't seem like these guys are too stressed out about it i mean if anything Mm. i'm sure some of these guys are just happy to be playing on a regular basis and they're trying to make the most of their opportunities you know i mean Cameron Mabin is a guy who hasn't really made the most of his opportunities. I mean, he's been yeah. pretty bad. Um, you know, Khalil I love Lee. Cameron Mabin. Like as a baseball yeah, player, too. I've me I'm too. a huge Cameron Mabin fan, and I I just want him. I just want him to succeed in the worst way, particularly now that he's a Met. I mean, I think you know him kind of languishing in the Cubs organization, and the fact that they kind of let him go basically for free. Mm-hmm. um is, is was pretty cool of, of the cubs to do uh to give him a shot in the bigs and you know for it to go as poorly as it's going 
it, it really stinks. And you can see it in his body language um, mm-hmm. after his last at bat. Um, you know, he hit a hard ground ball. It was a really good defensive play to get him out of first. But, you know, he kind of like slumped his shoulders and was just like, man, what do I have to do? <laughs> it's tough. I mean, and you have someone like, you know, someone like George, um, <laughs> I almost said Jordani Valdespin. <laughs> someone like Cameron Maven. Um, it's frustrating because he is a veteran and he's a guy that, you know, has bounced mm-hmm. around the league. He's always had a job. I mean, he's played for a lot of different teams, but he's kind of just like a, I don't know. He's just like a major leaguer. He's a, he's a oh, guy yeah. that, that, you know, he's not a star, but he's a, he's a role player. He's a guy that, you know, he's a veteran. He's been around the league. Um, you know, he knows how to succeed at this level mm-hmm. and he's not even, I mean, he's not even that old that he's, he's like in his you yeah. know early to mid thirties. So he's not a spring chicken or anything like that, but he's not, it's not like he's 40 years old and he's at the end of his career. And he's a guy that, you know, could still hold value and he just hasn't really gotten it together yet, you know, and it's not going to last forever. He's not going to, you know, never get a hit as a mat, you know, but it certainly hasn't gone as planned. And I'm sure for him, it's even more frustrating because he has this opportunity where the Mets don't have other options. So he's kind of forced to play every day. And I'm sure he wishes that he was making the best of it so that when the normal players do return, you know, he might uh, be considered to stick around as a bench piece, but Mm -hmm. um, as of right now, it's not really happening, but yeah, like you said, the Mets are really, you know, they're, they're getting hits from unlikely places you know, it's a shame you had, you know, Joe Nashley Fargus go down with the injury yeah. um, who was, you know, getting a chance to play and who is pretty exciting. Well. Yeah. yeah. He's playing he well. To watch. Liked his energy a lot. You mm-hmm. know, Jake, Jake Hager is someone who I was pretty bummed that got picked up off waivers. Um, Same. You know, which is kind of sad because <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, it's May and we shouldn't be sad that Jake Hager is getting picked up by the, by the <laughs> Brewers, but he had that game in, in Miami where, you know, he, you know, he got his first hit and you saw I mean, him he hugging. Helped win that game. He did. Yeah. yeah. And he's a guy who's somewhat versatile. He could play outfield, mm-hmm. could play infield. I don't know why Wilfredo Tovar stuck around uh, instead of Hager, but I don't know. It's neither yeah. of these guys are really, but yeah, know, I mean, it, Zach Scott is in a very, uh, you know, terrible position. He's really having to make these very difficult 40-man roster decisions as a result of all these injuries. And, you know, the more guys that go down, the more he has to do those sort of things. I don't think, mm. you know, I, I don't think the Mets organization wanted to let Hager go. Um, no. But, but they were, the hand was forced because, you know, DeGrom's coming off the IL. Um, so is Taiwan Walker. And, you know, Decis- hard decisions had to be made and i feel like the the strategy right now for the mets is to keep all of the arms yeah every pitcher and if they have to let let a, a position player go i mean i feel like in general you can kind of find those guys i mean cameron maven was even that guy for the yankees what two years ago a year ago yeah. or whatever 2019 yeah yeah so i mean you can find production it's hard to do um, but I feel like it's easier with position players rather than pitchers. Yeah, you're right. I mean, 
the Yankees have been doing it for such a long time too. I mean, they had 2019, you know, like you said, it was, it was another year for the Yankees where that was like their next man up kind of thing, you know? Right. And you had guys like Mike Talkman, you know, who was another guy that they picked up mm-hmm. from the Rockies who was just like, you know, a fringe major leaguer role player. And he had, a, you know, he gave them some, some pop off the bench. Um, and that's sort of springboarded him into San Francisco where he's still kind of getting it done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, some guys just need that initial push, you know, but mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, losing Jake Hager stunk because I kind of liked him as a person. Like he seemed like a yeah. cool dude and I liked his energy and I loved just like after the, that, that hit where he came around to score on that Fargus triple. It's like, you know, I think Lindor was the one hogging them in the dugout, you know, it was just like really nice. It was like a yeah. cool moment. Um, to so and then to see him get DFA the next day was like really pretty just brutal. Like baseball's a business, man. You know, like it's, it's a heartless business sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still getting it done. I mean, Jose Peraza's finding a way to poke hits here and there. He had a home run on uh, on Thursday. Um, you know, Jonathan VR is hanging tough. It's just a shame because, like, you know, they have Dom Smith and they have James McCann and they have Francisco Lindor that are still healthy. Mm-hmm. And like those three are just not hitting. Like they're just not, they're just not hitting, you know? So it's right. like, it makes it even worse. Like if those three were hitting, like it would soften the blow a little bit, you know, well, like if Dom was playing like he did last year, it'd be yeah. a different story. I mean, that's that. And that's a huge ask. I mean, what, what Dom Smith did last year was incredibly impressive. I was, I was sort of bracing for a step back for Dom, mm-hmm. um, but not, not as much in the power department as we've seen this season it's kind mm-hmm. of been really disappointing especially because dom smith is on my fantasy team but <laughs> <laughs> i just dropped him I, I had to you know my I, fantasy team is really bad so like i just had to do something yeah so i mean my fantasy team has, was i was really hoping to really depend on francisco lindor and dom smith and that is just not happening right now so yep. <laughs> so i it's feel little, you man it's a little rough but um but dom is still like he's getting his singles mm-hmm. and he's walking a little bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm completely with you on the fact that he's not, he's not contributing to the point we've come to expect Dom Smith. Yeah. And I mean, they were saying it even, uh, it may have been on the radio broadcast or it may have been uh, Gary, uh, Gary Keith and Ron in the booth, but one of the, uh, one of the booth members was mentioning how Dom Smith is the best fielding first baseman on the roster, but because of the injuries, he just, he can't even get a look in there because yeah. you got to have McCann's bat in the lineup, despite what he's been doing. So they just shoved him at first base and he's been decent, but I mean, yeah. like surprisingly decent, but, um, yep. but I kind of wished I, I was, I was kind of hoping to see Dom get a chance at first base. It's weird. It's like a weird situation, right? It's like their outfield is so depleted. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to think going into the season, it was. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. So, like, I mean, Smith was, was like pegged to play left field anyway, but four of the five opening day outfielders on the Mets are on the, on the injured list right now, you know? Right. Almora, Pilar, um, Conforto, and Nemo. So it's like, their outfield depth is so thin. I mean, you know, they, they picked up McKinney, they picked up Cameron Mabin. 
But like you said, it's like they can't even afford to take Dom out of left field right now, like because mm-hmm. Alonzo's also hurt. So it's like, um, I guess it doesn't really matter. It wouldn't have mattered if they had more outfield depth. But it's like Alonzo's hurt, but they're carrying three catchers, so they're able to put McCann at first base and have yeah. Mazika back up Tomas Nito. Which, I mean, in that respect, it's kind of worked out because you don't want to take Nito's bat out of the lineup right now. No. Because like, his bat is, yeah. so, is so high. He's the hottest bat in the lineup, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I never would have. <laughs> if you asked me, ask me who on the 26-man roster would have the hottest bat, uh, you know, this late in May, on May 28th, uh, Nito would probably be the last person that I would say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I like Nito a lot, too. I think I love he's a good him, yeah. backup, yeah, but it's just great. like, I don't think anybody expected McCann to have this this harsh of a fall off. I mean, I didn't love the signing to begin with, yeah. but like I thought he was actually going to be like decent. I didn't expect him to be a star, but mm-hmm. I, he's just looked so bad in like both both aspects of the game, behind the dish and at the plate. And I mean, it's it, it's a point that's kind of been beaten to death at this point, but I really do think there's such an aspect of this like terrible desire to want to perform from both McCann and Lindor at this point that I really, I wish the team was in a place where they could like sit them down for a couple of days, but they just can't because of the, you know, because of the state that the team is in. So, I mean, if they had that opportunity, maybe they would take it, especially with McCann, at least, mm-hmm. uh, like, I don't know, Lindor's the kind of name where you can't exactly get away with that. Um, but... The thing is, like, if, if everyone's healthy and McCann is, like, your seventh or eighth best hitter in the lineup anyway, yeah. and, like, Alonzo's performing, Conforto's performing, Nemo's performing, Neil's performing, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter so much that McCann's not. Um, the thing is, though, like, even if McCann was playing better defensively, like I think it would be somewhat okay, but like even his framing percentage has dropped mm-hmm. a lot since last year. It's kind of regressed to like his career norms. Yeah. Um. So it's like it's just I don't know. I feel bad. Like I like McCann seems like a guy that is well liked in the mm-hmm. in the dugout. You know, with the pitching staff. Um. And it's it's a shame, especially it's a shame when like you have like fans attacking like him and his wife on Twitter and stuff oh, like that. And, like, and that's and that's the thing that they probably didn't you know, experience as much, you know, Lindor in Cleveland, McCann in Chicago and Detroit. Like, like, yes, those are very passionate and like great baseball cities. I mean, kind of growing up around all of those places. I've, I've been to, you know, all of those places for baseball. Um, well, I guess not, not the White Sox stadium, but I've been mm-hmm. to Detroit and Cleveland and like, you know, the, the fans are passionate, but you know, it's, it's, it's a whole nother level out here, out, you know, in New York. So, I mean, there's gotta be an aspect of, you know, gripping the bat a little too tight, first of all, and just mounting the pressure on yourself to get that sort of monkey off your back. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and only time and reps can, I guess, cure that I would think. Yeah. uh, I think you're right. You know, just going back a little bit to talking about, um, you know, not that like those other those other areas aren't passionate, but mm-hmm. I think as Mets fans, we're so scarred because it's like whenever yeah. 
in the past, like our team has, has doled out a quote unquote big contract, you know, and they don't perform. It's like, it brings you right back to like mm-hmm. Jason Bay and like Bobby, Bonilla. I don't know, Bobby Bonilla. And it's yeah. like, it's kind of silly because it's like, it shouldn't be that way. And like, now it like doesn't matter so much anyway, because Steve Cohen owns the team and it's not like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like James McCann would have been like the marquee addition. If it was the, if it was the Will Ponds, like yeah. that would have been be like, they would have it. signed McCann. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it would have been like McCann was the big acquisition and like we have him for four years and now like his, his contract is like a hamstringing our, mm-hmm. our team. And it's like, McCann's not making that much money. Like, I mean, mm. yes, he's making a lot of money, like compared to the average person, but for like a baseball player, like yeah. he's not making a ton of money. You know, he's, he's, he's making a decent amount, but it's not a contract that's going to, that's going to hamstring the team, you know? Well, I do think, I mean, I do think it's, it's the kind of contract that's like, it, sh- it showcases the value of the player. I think, I think McCann is worth what the Mets gave him. Um, and you had mentioned the, the part about his defense, like, yeah, his like actual like framing behind the plate, it, you know, maybe leaves a little bit to be desired right now, but I mean, just having someone behind the dish who can call a good game and throw out base runners. I mean, I don't think I've ever experienced that as a Mets fan. No, he definitely has a cannon. And it's kind of funny when you think about like, there were so many fans that were pining like the first like few weeks of the season, like they're not pining, but they were like, Wilson Ramos is on the Detroit Tigers and he's playing so well. And like, we have McCann and like, we should have just resigned Wilson Ramos. And it's like, now no, I, I implore any Mets fan to look up Wilson Ramos's numbers right now. I implore yeah, them to, you know, terrible. what? I'll do it. I'll do it right now. Okay. Wilson Ramos. Let's, let's see. It was bad. And even Jed Lowry has, has come back to earth. It's like, mm-hmm. it's almost like these guys aren't good baseball players anymore. <laughs> so Wilson Rollins is on the 10 day IL right now. Oh, that's right. He's played in I 35 games. He's batting 200. He has a 238 on base percentage and a 392 sl- uh, slugging. Yeah. His six home runs, I feel like came within like 10 I mean, games. It was like two weeks. And like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The guy I mean... sucks. The guy sucks. <laughs> he sucks. He really does. He's I mean, not a good he baseball was, player. He was good. I he think was. I think he has regressed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Wilson Ramos. Um, I thought he was a perfectly adequate catcher. Um, I think he was I think more was made of his success um, than I think was fair to his actual ability. Mm-hmm. Um like I feel like, and I feel like that happens a lot at the catcher position because everyone's looking for Buster Posey. Everyone's looking for, you know, Mike Piazza or mm-hmm. what, you know, whatever great catcher who can do both. Uh, but the reality is like hardly anyone can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it would be extremely generous to say that Mike Piazza could do both. He really couldn't, he wasn't a good catcher. He was just a no. <laughs> yeah but he made up for it with the bat you know yeah, yeah catching catching is a position that's so tough um you know it's like the the amount of really good catchers in baseball is so small mm-hmm. um you know it's like it's like there's not even like 30 really good catchers in baseball it's like yeah you know not even every single team has a really good catcher it's um, like 10 yeah really i mean you could you could name them all mm-hmm. like you know on two hands like you said like that's it mm-hmm. like um 
but you know, I think I'd, I'd still rather have McCann than Wilson, Wilson Ramos. hundred percent every day of the week. Big ass, big um, <laughs> exaggeration there. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you know, you and I talked a little bit about it before the, before we started recording, but mm-hmm. uh, the Seattle Mariners are, are looking to kind of establish the New York Mets West. Uh, <laughs> uh, it seems, I mean, they currently on their big league roster have eight, um, eight former Mets. Um, Let's hear them. Rattle them off. All right. So Hector Santiago, Chris Flexen, (laughs) Chris Flexen, Justin Dunn, Paul Seawald, Jared Kelnick. A moment of silence for that one. Rip. Uh, Daniel Zamora, Rafael Montero, and Eric Campbell. Um, And they also recently signed Eric Campbell. I didn't know that. Yeah. Eric Campbell's on the big league roster. Yep. Soup. (laughs) Soup is back with them. I love soup. Um, Ty Kelly just recently re-signed with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Logan Verrett. Verrett, did Verrett. Lo- did, I always forget. Yeah. But he, liked, he signed with them, right? He, he, did. he recently signed with them. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the last couple of days. Um, and I, he's, I don't know. He's a, he's a pretty interesting follow. I follow him on Instagram and on Twitter, but he, uh, he pitched in, I think, Korea for a year. And then he came back and was pitching independent ball um and so you know i'm just that's just another one of those guys who was just like pretty solid for the mets yeah he was just like he was kind of like he ate innings he could start if they needed him to yep he could pitch him relief if they needed him to um and i feel like he's the kind of guy who would actually be a decent fit to be like a to to pair with like a joey lucchese start you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you know Lucchese goes three, Verrett goes three, and then off to the to the actual bullpen. Um, I'm so, kind of I mean, glad. Yeah I, like yeah, I like him too. You know, he's only 30 years old too, which is crazy. He was he was a young man when he pitched for the Mets, 25 years old, and mm-hmm. he has a funny Mets career too because he was he actually debuted with the Rangers, but he was a Mets farmhand. But yeah. the Rangers picked him up, so the Orioles picked him up in the Rule Five draft in 2014. Um, he didn't, uh, he didn't make their opening day roster, but then he was claimed on waivers by the Rangers who would have had to keep him on the roster the whole year because right. he's a rule five guy. Yeah. He made the opening day roster and then he, they DFA'd him, you know, and the Mets, uh, picked him back up. So mm-hmm. he was a Mets farmhand debut with the Rangers. Mets got him back. And then he played for the Mets for 2015, 2016, and then, like you said, he played in Korea for NC Dinos mm-hmm. um, or Dinos. I don't know. I don't, I don't follow KBO at all. Um, but, yeah, it's funny, man. I don't know what the Mariners are doing. They're just like – I don't know if they're like trolling the Mets at this point. Like, they're just like – it's, it's <laughs> like it every feels single like. day. Yeah. Like it's like every single day I feel like they're picking up a former Met. It's, it's – you know, they, they claimed Daniel Zamora off waivers, Eric Campbell, Ty Kelly – but there are aspects of each of those signings that I really like. I mean, like the Mariners, you know, they're, they're not a contending team this year. So I feel like they're just trying to get veterans. And some of those guys are more veterans than others. I mean, Daniel Zamora has very limited major league experience. Mm-hmm. But I, I always kind of felt like, you know, he was a little bit of a missed opportunity for the Mets. I agreed. I liked him. I liked Me his too. stuff. Um, and, you know, not to get too nerdy here, but 
he's really good in out of the park baseball. <laughs> <laughs> like he's always is that, solid. <laughs> is that 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 phone app? No, it's oh, a uh, it's a computer game. It's it's like a simulation game. Okay. Um, if you follow uh, Foolish Baseball on yeah. on YouTube, uh, his, a lot of his early stuff was very focused on out of the park baseball. And okay. he would do like projections with it. And it, that's what it's like kind of mostly used for is like kind of projecting the future. It's like a really good projection engine. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. And uh, Daniel Zamora was an out of the park baseball stud. And uh, I was sad to see him go. Honestly, I think he, he could have helped the Mets and be, been a sort of like lefty arm that I feel like over the past few years, the Mets haven't really had until Aaron Loop. Yeah. Loop is like the first guy since like Jerry Blevins that they've had mm-hmm. like as I like guess reliable lefty, you know. Yeah. Um, Pedro Feliciano esque. <laughs> yeah, Scott Rice. Yeah. He's like the, that kind of guy. Yeah. yeah, I like Zamora. I think that like they were kind of in a tough spot because Stephen Tarpley has like some weird stuff going on where he's like mm-hmm. he was on the COVID IL, but like he also may be hurt, but like they haven't placed him on the IL yet but he might be hurt. So they can't like DFA him. So like, I feel like their hands were kind of just like coughed a little bit there. Um, yeah. And they had, you know, they really, he was Zamora was just kind of the odd man out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like, I like Zamora, you know, I, I think lefties are valuable um, regardless, maybe not so much now in baseball because of the three batter minimum, but like, even still like, like lefties are way less frequent than righties in baseball, you know? So yeah, it's a different um, look. And you can have a, a, a lefty, um, you know, on your 40 man. Um, it's important, you know, so hopefully yeah. Stephen Tarpley can kind of pick it up a little bit. I liked that pickup over the winter um, yeah. when they got him, when they, I think they claimed him off waivers from the Marlins and I, I liked that pickup. So I'm hoping that he has, he isn't as bad as he looked um, mm. when he played for the Mets in a limited time this year and, and at Syracuse. Right. Um, yeah. He, he kind of got, tossed around a little bit in, in Syracuse even I remember reading yeah. that um so but yeah I mean good for Ty Kelly absolute yeah. legend a, um, a hopeful a hopeful a hopeful future guest of this podcast I'm trying so. to get him on that would be great Ty <laughs> if you're listening to this Ty come on the podcast we want to we'd love to have you, have you. no and, matter uh, the fact that you're a Mariners legend now we still want you well and also Ty Kelly had a hand in another topic that we want to get to as well the yeah uh, you want to take us into it yeah so today on as of recording on this day may 28th is the five-year anniversary of noah Syndergaard throwing behind chase utley uh and getting ejected and the subsequent absolute gold two minutes of terry collins just going ballistic on the entire umpire crew i wish there was more audio of terry screaming at the uh the home plate ump that day i don't know who mm-hmm. it was but obviously tom hallian well so tom hallian the crew chief yeah oh yeah um and he he was he came to the mound i think he was mm-hmm. first base ump that day or or that's right i don't know um and he you know he was talking to Cindergard and neil walker and ty kelly and um and you know neil walker is trying <laughs> trying admirably <laughs> to defend his guy uh noah Syndergaard. and Syndergaard's just like oh what i was just trying to play a fastball 
Syndergaard is such like a meathead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> such a meathead. I'm just trying to throw a fastball. Uh, you know, uh, Noah, <laughs> I miss Noah. It's a shame that he got shut down until August. Who knows mm-hmm. if, if he'll even pitch this year. But I, what I always liked about Noah is that he had, uh, you know, he had balls. I mean, he, yeah. he, you know, remember when he knocked down Alcides Escobar in the World Series and he said, Amazing. you know, if he's got a problem, he can meet me 60 feet, six, six inches, inches away. Yeah. That yeah. was badass. I mean, he was a rookie. He was a rookie that year. It's not like uh, he was, yeah. he, you know, he didn't, he didn't have a pot in which to piss you know, at the major league level, you know, I mean, so I kind was... of feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, Syndergaard seemed to me at least to kind of feed off of that, like Matt Harvey sort of energy of like, I'm the best. I know it beat me if you can sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that was, I mean, as a pitcher of his stature, you know, the kind of pitcher that he is, I think it works, you know, mm-hmm. when you can throw a hundred, sure like go go ahead and have that attitude you know Mm -hmm. um and i think you know i i would love to see him back in a mets uniform this season i hope he does me Uh, too but i mean the the real point that that i'm trying to make out of this whole ass in the jackpot thing i mean i'm sure anybody who's listening to this has already heard the two minutes but if you haven't it is I'll try to include it if I can. Okay. Imagine this this portion right now. <laughs> okay. We'll we'll lead you into the audio. So Okay. I'll nice. uh, I'll do that post effect. I'll put the audio in there. So in case that. you haven't heard it, <laughs> enjoy right now and we'll catch up with you after. can't do that. You're not, not in that situation, man. You can't, you can't, you can't no, no, that, that ain't going to happen. I mean, I, I, know, I knew you were going to say that, but that ain't going to happen. I mean, that's, that's the wrong time to do it. That's all. I'm that's telling you. It is what it is, but that's, that, that ain't going to happen. Our, our ass is in the jackpot. We don't do something there. That, I'm just telling you that. Wait, but shouldn't there be, shouldn't there be a warning? No, no, I mean, okay, the situation of what, what happened and everything else, that's what dictates that. Okay. No, there was no Neil, prior knowledge that before the game started. I mean, Neil, if Harry comes into the dugout Neil, and says, Neil, "Hey, if somebody gets hit," then that's Neil, then Neil, we, everybody, everybody knows. Everybody knows what, what the situation is. Okay. Take him! Take him! Take him! Take him! Terry! 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 Get a handle! Come on! Let's go! Come on, talk to me. Talk, talk, talk to me. Tommy, that talk, fucking bullshit. You know it. Then you talk to me I about it. You, okay. you got to give us a shot. You know what? You got to give Harry, us a shot. Okay, Tom. listen to me. Let me hear what I'm saying, okay? You get your shot. You had your shot right there. In the situation. Well, why you know the situation, I Terry. Know, why okay. don't you get a shot, it's Tommy? Because that doesn't, that makes bullshit. it worse. Terry, that makes it fucking Tom, worse. I know it. But MLB did nothing to that guy. Nothing. Okay, that, that I, I can't God control that, Terry. I can't control that. You know as well as I do where I, Terry, you know where I stand on the whole fucking situation. That, but that's but, but that's you're better than that, Tommy. No, you no, know that. Terry, listen, I'm telling you, our ass is in the jackpot now. Okay? Okay, that's I'm just telling you. Fucking motherfucker. You know what? That, that that's what? you got you got it. You got okay, get it, you got everything out.
it's amazing there we go it's <laughs> it, it's it's some of the best like it, the, when people say umpires should be mic'd up i feel like this is the one of the top moments that people point to to like this is so entertaining outside of any baseball context like that the fact that mlb doesn't do this they're just losing eyeballs and therefore like money as a result like it i feel like it would be such a huge boon to just the casual sports fan to see managers freaking out on umpires and for clarity in the stadium i mean like sometimes if you're at a baseball game you don't know what's going on necessarily mm-hmm. unless you know there's an announcement um and you have to like watch from the upper deck like oh did the umpire did he say out or safe i'm not quite sure i can't see from here kind of thing mm-hmm. you know um yep but terry collins is really just laying into tom hallion who <laughs> to his to his credit really handled the situation pretty well um using some pretty hilarious phrases like i mean ask the jackpot i don't know i don't know if you like well there was like an article a few years ago mm-hmm. after this was leaked because this was leaked i think in 2018 it was yeah, it was leaked it was two after. years later yeah um and someone it might have been for the athletic um but someone did like a history like they tried to like track down the history of the phrase asking the jackpot and they traced it back to like the Maryland police department in like the seventies, like would say what? like ass in the jack, but yeah, it was something ridiculous like that. And crazy. Um, so I don't know if like Tom Hallian was just like, like meant to say, like, I don't even know like what he meant to say. Like he yeah. meant to say like, like our ass is it? Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But like, it's like our ass is on the line. If we yeah, do like something like, I don't know. Because, yeah. like, a jackpot is, like, a good thing. So, yeah, like, like, I'm not sure, win. like, why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> so, I'm not sure, like, why that would be the thing. But I don't yeah. know, man. Terry, like, I think that's why Mets fans, like, like Terry Collins as much as they do. Like, because of this moment. Like, mm-hmm. because when he was actually manager, like, I feel like a lot of people, it's kind of, like, similar to Luis Rojas almost, where it's, like, oh, a yeah. lot of people don't really like him. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of Mets fans don't like Luis Rojas at all, um, which is the manager's silly. always yeah. The manager's always the first person to get the blame, you know, for I mean, you know, fairly or unfairly. I mean, there are some managers who do deserve blame for making terrible decisions, um, but I, the thing that I love most about Terry Collins more than any other manager uh, that I've experienced as a Mets fan was he was so passionate first and foremost and he didn't mind displaying that on the field and in in press conferences i think so many managers have been a little bit robotic a little bit stiff um and just sort of matter of fact and like that's important like having a cool-headed manager is important but it can work for certain people and, and i think it worked so well for terry collins I wouldn't say Terry was like a super old school guy. Like he was like, he did have a lot of like old school tendencies, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put him in like the same bracket as like Tony LaRusa. No. You know, like, like, like Tony LaRusa is like that, like dying breed of like mm-hmm. butthurt, like, like managers that like hates baseball 
<laughs> I mean, like, there's really no other explanation for it. It's yeah. like, clearly Tony Larusa hates baseball. <laughs> um, <laughs> Terry Collins. He hates fun. Like, he hates fun. I don't know if yeah. it's. I don't know if it's necessarily fair to say he hates baseball because obviously he came out of retirement for a reason. Yeah. But at he the hates same fun. Time, yeah. He hates, he hates that. He hates the fact that it's a kid's game played by massive children. Yeah. <laughs> he like expect, I don't know, man. Like, but anyway, like, yeah. Like Terry, Terry was a guy who like, you know, in hindsight, like, I mean, yeah, you know, m- most managers I feel like aren't really loved, like especially in our life lifetimes. Like Mm. I feel like Willie Randolph was like pretty well liked when he was the Mets manager. Um, But then after that, it's like, it's pretty thankless job. It is, you know, Jerry Manuel. I didn't, I didn't really like, I don't think many Mets fans. I don't think, cause you never, you never even hear about the guy. No, nobody ever talks about yeah. Jerry Manuel. When was the last time you heard a, a single Mets fan mention Jerry Manuel? I haven't heard it in such a long time. I mean, the only, the only times Jerry Manuel's name has like popped up in my, in my life recently has been coming on to Mets legends. Yeah. And that, like, you know, looking up old games and it would just say like manager, Jerry Manuel. Moving on. <laughs> that was like such a bleak time as a Mets fan. Like really 20, 2010, like 2009 through like 2011, just like brutal. Mm-hmm. And, and he was the manager in 09 and 2010. And 08, right? When did they fire uh, Willie Randolph? Midway through 08? Yeah, because he was the bench coach and they just, uh, they just, they just rolled with him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a former manager elsewhere. I think he was a manager for like the White Sox or something like that. Yeah. Um, God, I hated that guy. Yeah. Speaking Jerry of Jerry Manuel Sox and Tony Larusa, <laughs> real quick, um, it's going to be hilarious seeing Tony Larusa in these City Connect jerseys <laughs> that are like so swagged <laughs> out. <laughs> He's going to look so dumb. His pants are like so tight too. Like he just like he has like a uh... disgusting ass. Like. <laughs> Tony Larusa, Tony Larusa, if you're listening, don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> Turn it off right now. Just don't stop listening to our podcast. We don't want you as a listener. Yeah, get out of here. We don't like get you. out of here. Uh, <laughs> fuck, man. Oh, God. Anyway, that moment, the ass in the jackpot moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like not even just being like a Mets fan, like being a baseball fan, like everybody loves that moment regardless if you're a Mets fan or not you know yeah. like that's just oh, like yeah. such a historic moment you know and it's mm-hmm. funny because it's like when it happened I didn't even remember like I, like it wasn't until that audio oh, I did. so much like where I was like you know I, I remember but it wasn't so significant you know it was like the audio leaking years later was like what made it like so significant you yes know? yes I would say in the moment I mean and it's partially because like I love Ruben Tejada like um and i was i was pretty pissed off i mean every mets fan was pissed off at chase utley but like i don't know i feel like i kind of i kind of internalized that more than i think a lot of mets fans did i was like man this guy's a real piece of crap for what Mm -hmm. he did um and so i remember there was there was some definitely some chatter leading up to that game that was like something could happen i don't know and then it was like oh Syndergaard's scheduled to start oh they're bringing back the 86 team like 
was like, okay, this is all kind of like coalescing into a sort of moment that mm. uh, that could really be something. And so I had that anticipation going into that game. Um, and for it to come to fruition the way that it did, I was like, I mean, okay, like toss cinder guard, that's fair. Um, and then the when the audio came out two years later, it, it was just further cement on something that I feel like was already like an all-time memory for me. I want to, I just want to thank whoever leaked that audio footage. Like if you're out there, dude, like you're a a goat, you're the goat. Yeah. Just like, I don't know, man. Like just (laughs) what a, what a good moment that was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Walker. Yeah. Just like every, it's like, it's like, do you know that subreddit accidental Renaissance where it's just like pictures of things that like, Oh yeah. Yeah. All happened. <laughs> like, it like, it looks like a Renaissance. And like Neil Walker painting. being like holding his everything. Out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everything. <laughs> so the Mets, the Mets actually lost that game pretty bad. Mm. Uh, they lost nine to one. Syndergaard of course got thrown out in the third inning. Our buddy Logan Verrett actually pitched in that game. That's right. Uh, he came on after Syndergaard pitched three and three and two thirds, two runs, four hits, struck out three. Antonio Bastardo came in, fooled absolutely nobody, <laughs> uh, recorded zero outs, let up three earned runs. Yeah. God, I hate that guy too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cancel I, ro- that was another storyline kind of leading up into it was like the Mets needed Syndergaard to go deep into that game. Yeah. That's that's another thing that I think kind of gets lost in the shuffle too. Was like their bullpen was pretty taxed uh, mm. over the past like week or so, and uh, and that, I think that was something that actually Neil Walker had mentioned because um, Walker was uh, was asked about it on the uh, on like a John Boy Media podcast, mm-hmm. um, just kind of being a part of that moment. And, and that was one thing he was like, yeah, we really needed Noah to go deep into that game. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you it was rough, man. Verrett let up two runs. Antonio Bastardo let up three. Hansel Robles let up three. Mm. You know, and then Jim Henderson. So hot right now. Let up, let up, let up one, you know. So it was like, yeah, that Hansel is so hot right now. <laughs> Juan Lagares hit a home run that game. That was the Mets' one run. Nice. There you go. Rene Rivera started. Ty Kelly at third. Alejandro Diaz a pinch hit. Chock full so, of legends. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that should be a cereal. <laughs> Chock full of legends. That's the cereal we eat every day. That's the breakfast of champions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we eat that cereal every day. Chock, chock full of legends. Chock full of legends. The breakfast of champions. <laughs> yeah, man. Damn, I didn't even, you know, it's funny. It's like nobody even remembers, like, the rest of that game because it was kind of insignificant, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, the, Met, the Mets got their asses handed to them that game, 9-1. Yeah. to one. And then the next game, uh, they lost as well, 4-2. <laughs> to two. Uh, Familia blew it, I guess, in the ninth inning. Cologne pitched. He let up two runs in six innings. And then Familia let up two runs in the ninth and blew it. Um, I don't want to pick on Familia though, because he's actually had a really good year this year. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a hot and cold kind of dude, and you just got to enjoy the hot streaks. It's true. Yeah, I mean, 
this year I feel like it's like he's really, if anything, only like ran into like bad luck. Yeah, I feel like a oh, lot yeah. of the hits he's given up have just been like ridiculous. Like they've been like Little cheap, bloops. like cue shots, bloops, mm-hmm. you know, like seeing eye singles and stuff. Yeah. Um, he, like I mean, we've seen Jerry's Familia give up absolute moonshots, and he hasn't really, he hasn't had that this year so far. Knock on mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know if he's let up a home run this year yet. Maybe one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I can't really remember. You know what's funny is that so a week later, this will just be a little aside before we go into the legend I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. But a week later on June first, so not even a week, a few days later, um, the Mets played the White Sox on a Wednesday afternoon, June first, one ten p.m. And if you remember this game, they lost two to one in thirteen innings. And Matt Albers was the one who drove in the go-ahead run for the White Sox. Okay. Do you remember this game at all? No. So, so, dude, it, I was at this game. It was so freaking hot. It was, it was mm. June 1st. It was really sunny. It was a 1 p.m. game. I was sitting in the nosebleeds. Me and my buddies got tickets for like five bucks each. They were really cheap. Mm. It was the Mets scored first, and then the White Sox tied the game up in the seventh. And then it went to the 13th inning. And Matt Albers was pitching for the, for the White Sox. And he's a big, stocky guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he pitched two innings. He came to the plate. He hit a double. And then he came around to score. And that was the winning run. And oh that's lost God. that game. It was like one of those games where you're just like, it's one-to-one. And you're just like you're on the kidding. brink of like having yeah. a panic attack. Because you're just like, <laughs> this is so bad. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Rollins actually was on the White Sox at that point, um, which was really weird. Um, cause like, That's I, right. like I, I don't remember it. Like he was, he was on the white Sox for a very short amount of time and but Todd Frazier batted cleanup. Yeah. Todd Frazier batted third. I, I thought Todd I originally said cleanup, but I, I, I'm still a little split on Todd Frazier and his Mets legacy. Like I know that he's like pretty well liked, but there was just something about him that I was like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really like Todd Frazier. I'm going to be honest. You know? With you. Like, okay. All right. I mean, All like, right. at least I'm not like, alone. I don't know. Like, it's like he's kind of just like a bro. Um, yeah. Like, Maybe that's what it was. He was a little too bro y. He's uh, like a bro. And it's also just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he's like kind of confrontational, like, especially on Twitter. Like, he's kind yeah. of mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. That is true. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm not like the biggest Todd Frazier guy. Uh, I, I don't hate him, but like, no, I don't, I don't either. Just, That's the thing. Like, because he, he yeah. did provide some really great moments, like that home run against Washington. And yep. I was like, at that game too. That's awesome. That's yeah, that's dude. So awesome. That was one of the best games I've ever been to. That was a, that was like a playoff like atmosphere. That was yeah. a cool game. Yeah. Um, I thought it was foul from where I was sitting at first. I, thought I was, it was in foul like from my couch. Yeah. Like I was in right field. Oh uh, no, I was in left field. I was mm-hmm. I was I was in left field. He hit the he hit the ball to left field. And it wrapped around the pole, right? Yeah, it did. And we were, I was like, is that foul? And then, like, you're looking at Frazier and he's like running the bases. And we're like, oh my God, like, that was yeah. a home run. And we thought, I thought it was going to be like reviewed, but I guess it was just like a fair ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like looking at the replay, you could tell, like, it just like wrapped around the foul pole. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was a great game. Conforto hit the walk off. Um, yeah, it was a good one, man. Those 2019 Mets were a fun team. Yeah, it's kind of when they started ripping people's shirts off. Right. Yeah, that was that year. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm glad they're still doing that. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's a good. That's a good tradition. I like it better than like the the pie to the face from yeah. years ago. Like I like this way better. Yeah, yeah. Um. So before we wrap up, I mean, I, I want to talk about a Met that I think is is important to mention, especially in Mets legends lore, mm. and that's uh, Jordani Valdespin. I don't know. I was just one of those days. I was thinking a lot about Jordani today, and I wanted to mention him on the podcast. And no, I think it's fair. evergreen. I think it's evergreen. I think it it's like you can kind of mention Jordani whenever. Well, and like, I don't know. Uh, it's it's funny you say that because I've found myself thinking about Jordani Valdespin as well, <laughs> and mostly because after, there was there was one particular instance. Uh, it was early. I think it was like second week of April or something. You were like, you were saying in our group chat how Jonathan VR reminds you of Jordani Valdespin. <laughs> it's true. That. <laughs> it's so true though. It's like, it's like VR at the plate. Yeah, like VR at the plate looks like a mix of Luis Castillo <laughs> and Jordani Valdespin swinging. It's crazy. And I, I hate that analogy because I really like VR as a player. And I don't like either of those guys. <laughs> Especially Luis Castillo. Like, he yeah. was just like such like such bad memories as a Mets fan. Yeah, um, well, he, I feel like he was a little bit of a Met killer when he was with the Marlins too. He was. He certainly was. So um, I don't know. God, that guy sucked. <laughs> <sighs> Luis Castillo. I liked when they. I liked when we traded for him, and then just like, yeah, he just overstayed his welcome because well, they got him think, in 07. Yeah, and they were trying to replace Jose Valentin, who was. Yeah who had a really great year in 2006. I think a lot of people don't give that enough credit, how mm-hmm. good he was. He was great. Uh, but he was also, I think, 38 years old that year. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was one of he those kind of like, like flash things. Pants. Yeah. 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 Because he was like, he wasn't even the starting second baseman for the Mets that year. It was Anderson Hernandez. Mm-hmm. And Hernandez got hurt, I think. And they had signed Valentin to like a minor league deal maybe. Yeah, and then he ended up just getting the opportunity, and he ran, and he with, ran it. with it. Yeah, yeah. And he was that's that that '06 team was just like everything that was that like everything worked out right, like everything mm-hmm. worked out correctly for the most part. You know, like you know, Duaner Sanchez breaking his shoulder in yeah, a that's, caveat. That's pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah. And then and that was like it sucked. It was kind of like a like a twofold thing because they traded Xavier Nady in that deal too, who, who I really liked. Yeah, um, I liked Nate too. Yeah, you know, and and I mean they got Sean Green, so like it wasn't like you know that was just like a like a black hole out there in right field because mm-hmm. you know Sean Green that was a good pickup as well. But I liked Nate a lot. Like he was he was just like he fit in well with those guys totally in, in the 06 team. Um, but Valdespin, as we were saying before the broadcast, he only spent two years on the Mets major league roster. Which like I just didn't even Seems realize. Like like, I just thought he was on the team from like I thought he like if you told me he was like on the Mets 2015 team like at some point I probably would have believed you. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I'm like, like a, yeah, that makes sense. Like they they DFA'd him in June. I would have believed. Yeah, you. I would have believed it. Even <laughs> yeah. 2014, like I, I thought he would have been on those teams, but yeah. he was only on the Mets for 2012 and 2013. And I <laughs> I have a pretty funny moment about Valdespin. And this is like the early days of Twitter. It was like my Twitter that I had in high school. Mm. I follow, I was following Adam Rubin and uh, 
the Mets, it was like the 2011 season, maybe 2010 season. And uh, the Mets were struggling, obviously. And I, I like tweeted at Adam Rubin. I was like, hey, I was like, I was like, I was like, what, what if the Mets like called up Jordani Valdespin? And he private messages me and he just goes, no. <laughs> That's like all he said. <laughs> he just goes, no. And I was like, oh, oh. All okay, right. Okay. Thanks, Adam Rubin. <laughs> like he didn't even respond to the tweet and was like, no, like he's not, he's not like close enough. Like he just messages me. No. Nope. I was like, oh my God. Okay. All righty. <laughs> that was yeah, sit, he down, just took it. <laughs> sit down, be humble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Valdespin had such an interesting career though, man. I mean, like his yeah. first hit as you know, we know it, it right. was just pinch hitting on May 7th. His first hit was a home run uh, against Jonathan Papelbon at Citizens Bank, Bank Park to break a tie in the ninth inning. Epic. Uh, apparently, that, that was the first time a player had ever recorded his first hit as a home run off a player who has 200 or more career saves, mm. which is a weird stat, but that's yeah, first player that's ever a- did it. <laughs> it's an espn um, stat for you <laughs> yeah just like super like cherry picked yeah uh next season he hit a walk-off grand slam in april um against uh it doesn't say actually um but he became the first net to do that since kevin McReynolds in 91 to hit a walk-off mm. grand slam um he <laughs> I don't. I don't remember this happening. But July 2013, he was sent down to AAA Las Vegas because he was hitting under 200 in the majors. He got into a confrontation with Terry Collins, and he called <laughs> Terry Collins a cocksucker <laughs> before demanding to be placed on the disabled list. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I don't. Do you remember that happening? I don't remember that. No, happening. I do not. No. I mean, it doesn't uh, surprise me. I mean, yeah, maybe vaguely. Like, I could see – I could imagine myself, like, hearing that on a broadcast, just, like, listening to to Gary, Keith, and Ron talk about it. Yeah. And just being like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy clearly had roid rage because in yeah. August of that year, he was suspended for 50 games for uh, – performance enhancing drug drugs on the biogenesis scandal mm-hmm. um he was reinstated in september but he never played for the mets again and then he actually kind of caught some flack i think it was in the 2012 2013 offseason because he was wearing a marlins hat on, in an instagram photo mm-hmm. and mets fans were like what like he posted on instagram of just like him mm-hmm. like he was still on the mets at this point it wasn't even before he got it was 2012 going into 13. So he was still on Met and he just posted a picture of him wearing a Marlins hat. And Mets fans were like, Are you kidding me, dude? Like, yeah. not only are you wearing another team's hat, but you're wearing a, a rival's hat. Yeah. Yeah. And then he uh he signed with the Marlins for the 2014 season, played with them in 2014 and 2015, and uh played for the Tigers and the Miners a little bit. He played in Mexico. Then he was on the Ducks, the Long Island Ducks. Hashtag Duck Watch. Hashtag uh, Duck Watch. In 2018, uh, one of the many Mets to to play for the Ducks. 
And that's um, awesome. I love that that happens as much as it does. Yeah, me too, man. I, I think it's it's nice to like, especially like if you're from like the like the like the tri-state area that you could go to a Ducks game. Yeah, and you can see like a bunch of former Mets. Yeah. And like, doesn't Bud doesn't Bud Harrelson own the Long Island Ducks? I have no idea, but it wouldn't surprise me in the least. I think he does. He's all he's. He's also the manager, I think, or he was for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I Did think I? he owns them, though. I think I actually went to a Toledo Mudhens game where Jordani Valdespin was in the lineup. Well, that's the that's the Tigers minor league affiliate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, that's a Triple A affiliate. Yeah, he went after the Marlins. He was with the Tigers organization, so that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, I think that summer. I was working for the local TV station. And so they would cover the mud hens. And so I was very in tune with Jordani Valdespin that year. And I was always <laughs> laughing to myself, like, Man, uh, like what are the odds that me and Jordani Valdespin are in the same town? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's so true, dude. Just like in Toledo, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Um, so I was wrong. Will, Wally Backman's actually the manager of the of the Ducks right now. Okay. Um, but there are some former Mets that are on the Ducks now. Um, Akil Morris, former oh. Met, Akil Morris is on the is on the Ducks. Um, and I think that's oh, and, and uh, L, LJ Mazzilli too, former yep. Mets farmhand LJ Mazzilli. <laughs> you know it's <what's> funny. <laughs> the uh, the Long Island Ducks have an outfielder on their team right now named Johnny Turbo. <laughs> that's the most, the most perfect, like, <laughs> that, that's, that is the most perfect, like independent baseball name I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Johnny Turbo. And it's spelled with an I, J-O-H-N-N-I, Johnny Turbo. Oh, yes. That um, makes it, it reminds better. me. It reminds me of, do you watch Bob's Burgers at all? Yeah, of course. There's like the episode where like they have the minor league baseball team, like, in like Bob's town or whatever. And then mm. there's a player turbo Jones yeah, yeah, on the team. Yeah, yeah. It's like the same kind of energy. Absolutely. It is. Um, but before we, before we go, uh, I want to pull up a tweet. If you don't mind um, sure. that, that uh, Jordani Valdez being actually said one time. And I, and if you're, if you follow me on Twitter, I do, uh, I do retweet this occasionally and I do mention it occasionally but this is from March 11th, 2013, 2.49 p.m. Mike Puma uh, of the New York Post tweeting it. And uh, Jordani Valdespin earlier in the day, it was a spring training game, had gotten hit in the uh, private area. <laughs> and after the game, they asked him, you know, if he was feeling okay. So Mike Puma tweets out, Valdespin says he is okay. Asked where he got hit. My dick, Valdespin <laughs> said. <laughs> and that is a real tweet. Uh, that, is a, that is a real thing that a real major leaguer said. And a real beat reporter tweeted. Yep. <laughs> so I find it okay to mention, and I find it okay to retweet it sometimes because Mike Puma tweeted it out. And so yep. I feel like it's, it's part it's of Mets history. It's yeah. gotta live on. <laughs> well, he like notoriously didn't wear a cup. Yeah. Ever. So like oh, I mean, man, I feel like, like I feel like a lot of you know position players probably don't. Yeah. Like, no, I'm sure. Like there's I mean, for the most part, there's really no reason to like like unless yeah. you're like a pitcher 
I'm sure a lot of pitchers probably don't even either, mm-hmm. you know. But like if you're a catcher, you kind of have to. Like of that's course. like the main yeah. position. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm sure Valdez being wore a cup after that. Maybe, maybe he did, you know. Yeah. He's still he is Jordani Valdez so uh, yeah, I don't probably, have much I don't have much didn't. faith in him. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> so Mike, this is a this is a thing that my buddies over at Pleasant Good Evening podcast do. Mm-hmm. But before we go, uh, I want you to just, you know, the first Mets legend that comes to your mind, who are you thinking about tonight? Who are, who are you, you know, who's on your mind? You know, for whatever reason, as soon as you said that, the first name that popped in my head was Oliver Perez. Um, Ollie, still kicking. Yeah, still kicking, still doing the thing. Uh, still kicking, man. I love the fact that he's still pitching in the major leagues. I love yep. that he has adapted his delivery. Um, and he does that weird thing with his glove where he like turns mm-hmm. it all the way around toward like where the webbing is facing the batter. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that kind of stuff. Like those weird Same. quirks that pitchers do. Yeah, um, totally. And, you know, he was a guy that I just, I just wanted him to be like an all-star Same. <laughs> when he was with Same. the Mets. Because there were I flashes of it. Yeah, there yeah. were flashes of it. But how about you? Who's, who's the first legend that comes first, to your mind? First legend that comes to my mind is Matt Dendecker. I've mm, uh, been thinking good. a lot about Matt Dendecker today for whatever reason. I was driving home earlier, and I was just like, yeah, hey, remember Matt, Men- Matt Dendecker? And he had yeah. two stints with the Mets, actually. He was on the 2018 Mets, too, I think. My first thought about Matt Dendecker was like, hey, this might be Kirk Neuenheis, but actually good. Yeah. I mean, he was a great fielder. He was fast. Yeah. He just couldn't really hit, you know. Yeah. But he was a he was a decent fielder. He had he had a lot of uh he had a lot of range out there. Mm-hmm. He was also a former duck. I believe he also played on the yep. Long Island Ducks. Did Kirk ever play for the Ducks? I'll tell you right now. I know Johnny Turbo did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a Long Island Ducks jersey with Johnny Turbo's name on the back. Uh, yeah, Kirk Newenheis did play for the Ducks, actually, uh, in 2019. Nice, nice. That's but he it. only played for them for a couple months, and then he, ret- he announced his retirement. Mm. He signed with them March 19th, and he retired July 12th of 2019. Okay. But he is a duck. Duck watch. Hashtag keep, duck watch. Keep an eye out for that. On the on the Mets Legends Twitter feed. Always. <laughs> well, Mike, it's been a pleasure as always, my friend. Certainly. Um, Mets Legends at Twitter. Uh, Mets Legends cast as well. Give us a follow over there to stay up to date. And we'll catch you guys next time. Mike, see you later, buddy. See you, man.